Welcome to Cramming for Creogs. I'm John. And I'm John. And we're excited to have you with us today. Here's an interesting tidbit for you. BRCA2 breast cancers tend to have a higher prevalence of being estrogen receptor positive, up to 80%, whereas only 20% of BRCA1 breast cancers are estrogen receptor positive. What this translates to is two clinically important points. First, that the reduction in breast cancer is up to 70% following a risk-reducing BSO in BRCA2 patients, but closer to 40% in BRCA1 patients. And secondly, that chemoprevention with tamoxifen has actually only been shown to reduce the risk of breast cancer in BRCA2 populations. Fun facts, y'all. Let's briefly review thyroid physiology and disease in pregnancy. In euthyroid patients, a transient decline in TSH levels is expected in the first trimester. Recall that TSH shares an alpha subunit with beta-HCG. An increase in beta stimulates increased release of T4 and T3, which then signals back to decrease pituitary release of TSH. TSH normalizes by about 12 weeks of gestation. While total T4 levels increase in pregnancy, the estrogen-stimulated increase in active thyroxine-binding globulin, or TBG, keeps free T4 levels relatively normal range. Now, thyroid disease is screened for with TSH and free T4. Universal screening for thyroid disease in pregnancy is discouraged for asymptomatic and low-risk patients. As opposed to overt hypo- or hyperthyroidism, Subclinical hypo and hyperthyroidism are associated with an abnormal TSH, but a normal T4 level. Because these states have not been associated with adverse maternal or neonatal outcomes, treatment is not recommended. Let's wrap this part up with treatment. Hyperthyroidism is treated with thioamides, specifically PTU and methimazole. PTU and methimazole are both thyroperoxidase inhibitors which decrease free T4 production. In addition, PTU inhibits conversion of T4 to T3. Recall that PTU is used preferentially in the first or primary trimester to avoid risk of methimazole-related birth defects, including esophageal and coanal atresia and aplasia cutis. Methimazole is then used preferentially in the second and third trimesters to avoid risk of PTU-induced hepatotoxicity. To reduce risk of adverse effects of these medications, the goal is to provide just enough so that the free T4 stays in the upper limit of normal. For this reason, free T4 is monitored every two to four weeks to titrate treatment for hyperthyroidism. Of course, hypothyroidism is treated with levothyroxine. Dosing should start at one to two mics per kg daily. In comparison to hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism is monitored using TSH every four to six weeks to titrate treatment until the TSH normalizes. A quick reminder on endometrial thickness. Most of us can keep straight that when you have a postmenopausal bleeder, a thin endometrial stripe of four millimeters or less conveys a risk of endometrial cancer less than 0.07%, but a thickness five millimeters or more increases that risk to 7.3%. And those patients should undergo endometrial sampling to rule out endometrial cancer. However, that begs the question of when to sample postmenopausal patients without vaginal bleeding with an incidentally found thickened endometrium. 
The threshold to remember here is 11 millimeters. In postmenopausal women without vaginal bleeding, a stripe less than 11 meters conveys a risk of endometrial cancer of less than 0.01%, and an endometrial thickness 11 millimeters or more increases that risk to 6.7%. And that's all for tonight, folks. Thanks for listening, and hope you can join us next time.